San Jose, California, it's the Frugal Life Podcast. And here's the host, Ricky Hershey. Welcome to the Frugal Life. This week, I got a great listener question about Roth IRAs. So let's dive into that. So an IRA is a retirement account. And there are two flavors, Roth and traditional. And I've mentioned a little bit about this before in prior episodes, but let's dive in a little bit deeper today. In 2019, you can contribute up to $6,000. Or if you are over 50, you can contribute an additional $1,000. So a total of $7,000. Now there's a contingency For a Roth IRA, you're also subject to another limit, though, and that is you must have earned income. Uh, So if, for example, you've only earned $3,000 in a given year, you can only contribute up to $3,000 instead of the other limit of $6,000 or $7,000 if you are over 50. Now, a Roth IRA is particularly interesting because you contribute post-tax earnings. Now, what the heck does that mean? Well, basically, when you are paid, uh, let's say you work for a company, you get gross earnings, which you never actually see because there's taxes and withholdings, and then you get take-home pay, and you use that take-home pay essentially to fund a Roth IRA. And so you get no deduction in the current year. There's no tax savings in the current year by contributing to a Roth IRA. But instead, you get tax-free growth, and that growth in your Roth IRA will never be taxed if you withdraw it correctly. And essentially, that means that the earnings in your Roth IRA can't be withdrawn until after you are 59 and a half. But that's just the growth on the account that can't be withdrawn until then. You can withdraw the principal or original contribution amount before that. Because, again, you've already paid the tax on it. So that is one way why a Roth IRA is a particularly powerful investment vehicle because of its tax-preferred status, that it has a lot of tax advantages, and it's a great thing to investigate. If you don't have one, I would look into it. There are also upper bounds on how much income you can make. If you make too much money, you cannot contribute directly into a Roth IRA. Instead, people will recommend something called a backdoor IRA contribution. And I don't think we're going to get into that today because it's kind of another topic. But if you make pretty high amounts of money, you won't be able to contribute directly to a Roth IRA. Uh, but it's, it's pretty high. It's, I think, adjusted gross income for married people greater than $203,000 or for a single person, $137,000. But I'm just for clarification, I'm not a tax expert. So take everything I say with a grain of salt. Yes, I am a CPA, just not that tax kind of CPA. But I mean, I know some stuff. But again, this isn't investment accounting or legal advice. Talk to a planner or something, get it worked out. Okay, so we've talked about a few points of the IRA, why it's beneficial, right? Those tax advantages, you don't pay tax 
on the earnings in your account. You can invest in a lot of different things in your account, right? You can pick stocks, you can pick bonds, you can pick mutual funds. There's even more options than that, I think, that I don't want to get into today. I personally use Charles Schwab for this. I'll have a link at the bottom of the show. You get an extra $100 or $200 or something for signing up with that link. I don't actually get anything, so I'm just sharing that out of the goodness of my heart. Uh, But it's been a good experience for me. I've bought some mutual funds with them, and I have enjoyed it. If you just had your money, for instance, in a regular, like, I don't know, high-yield savings account, for instance, and you got 2%, That interest you get in a savings account is taxed at ordinary rates, so whatever your marginal tax rate is, which is probably not the best rate. It's much better if you were to contribute to a Roth IRA, for instance, and you don't need that money until later. You would still, you could still invest in bonds or something just as safe and get a comparable interest rate and not pay taxes, which effectively increases your return on your investment. And it's just a much better system. Now, specifically, the person who was asking me questions wanted to know about funding a Roth IRA for a child. So now here's an interesting thing. It's because children generally don't have earned income, that funding a Roth IRA for a child is a little bit trickier. Now, he's was talking, this uh, listener was asking about giving their child a job in order for them to have earned income. And that might be a good idea, but there's a few caveats I want to get into first. And let's talk about one principle. So let's talk about tax avoidance versus tax evasion. So tax avoidance is legal, it's fair, it's good, all that jazz. Tax evasion is illegal, it's bad, They're kind of similar in some ways, but tax evasion is illegally not paying taxes you should be paying. Tax avoidance is legally doing things in a way that minimizes your tax burden. So one's legal, one's illegal. And there's a few different tests that you perform on a transaction to kind of see, is this a valid transaction and what the tax treatment should be for this. And so one of these principles is called economic substance. And so when you enter into a transaction, it should have a purpose beyond just avoiding paying taxes. Let me uh, let me actually read this from this website I'm looking at, because I don't want to say anything wrong. Um, it looks like it's from CastleenAssociates.com. And they say, entering into the transaction changes in a meaningful way the taxpayer's economic position, apart from its federal income tax effects. And the taxpayer has a substantial business purpose for entering into such transaction, apart from its federal income tax effects. So when you are employing a child, it's important that the child has, one, a real like job, a real position, that it's not just a job on paper. There actually needs to be economic substance behind the child's job. So that's just one thing to keep in mind when employing a child. So let's give an example that in my mind is clearly inappropriate, which which would be you have a child that you are, quote, employing, but it's only on paper. The child doesn't do anything. They don't 
do anything at all. You just pay them for doing nothing. And so that example, and really it's not much of an example, just doesn't work, right? Because there's no economic substance to the child's activity. Now, this person is saying that the child could be a child model, which there could be substance to that, sure. And he's saying to share the photos with family and friends and have the family and friends sign up on Patreon. And again, it this starts to sound more like it has economic substance. I'm not an expert on tax law, so again, take what I say with a grain of salt, but it's starting to sound more like a case for having substance versus that first case. And economic substance isn't the only test that it needs to go through. There's a business purpose test and some others, substance over form, doctrine, etc. It, it's a lot of stuff. And all of you, my frugal listeners, don't need to necessarily endure that right now. Okay, but I think at a high level, we've covered all the ideas of the Roth IRA. It's pretty simple. For people who are under 50, you can contribute up to $6,000 a year or your earned income amount, whichever is lower. If you have high earnings, you may not be able to contribute to the Roth IRA directly. You're able to take money out of your Roth IRA without penalty and without taxes up to your contribution amount. The gains and interests and whatnot that you have earned within your account can't be withdrawn until you've met some conditions, mostly being that you have to be 59 and a half. You've had to have the account for five years, I believe. Or there's some other conditions that can be met. You can take up to $10,000 if you are purchasing our home or if you have um, health care costs and are unemployed and some other little caveats that might be helpful if it and when I say cannot be withdrawn, I actually should say cannot be withdrawn without penalties. You can withdraw it early, but you have to pay taxes, and then you have to pay penalties on top of the taxes. You don't want to do that. You really don't want to do that. So when I say cannot, it's not technically 100% accurate, but it kind of is because you, you wouldn't want to. But in summary, it's a great way to build up your retirement as once you've already paid the taxes, you should never pay taxes again on it, which is fantastic. And, of course, that's a great example of tax avoidance using a Roth IRA. So I highly recommend it. Check it out. Check out my link to Charles Schwab, and have a great day. you like to get now would you enjoy getting a weekly email from me with my five big takeaways for the week i call it my five bullet thursday well you need to sign up for the frug life newsletter and actually there's not five bullet points and no it's not weekly i'm just poking fun at tim ferris anyways go to www.thefruglife.com and look for join the newsletter at the top Otherwise, a link will be in the show notes.